When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Welcome to You Are Going to Be Fantastic. My name is Jenny Ryan, and this is a very exciting episode because we are using a brand new microphone that Anne and I have purchased. And I'm doing this all by myself. So it's a big day here in the land of You Are Going to Be Fantastic. Uh, today, uh, right before we get into the interview, I just want to thank you all for listening. Um, we've done quite a few episodes, and we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, and we would love to hear from you. So please uh, get us get in touch with us. Um, and I'll list the social media at the end of this so you can get in touch with us. But if you have any short stories you want to share or any ideas or people you want us to talk to or just any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Please rate and review um, on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and all the I think those are the things. Um, yeah, the more you guys like, the more uh, listens we get from other people, the more we can reach the world with our stories. So uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, wish me luck. And I hope the microphone works. Hello, welcome to You Are Going to Be Fantastic. I'm here with Christy Bruce. Um, I know nothing about her. <laughs> Uh, which is rare. Often Anne and I know a little bit about the person we're going to interview, but today I really know very little about Christy. Um, so welcome, Christy, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So the concept of the podcast is we talk to people about um, their life's journey and we figure out where they got to where they are, how they got to where they are. Great. Um, so where you are right now is as a... Actor, improviser, basically. Right. Yeah. Cool. So I know I've met you because you are here um, doing the blind date play at mm-hmm. Persephone. Yeah. Um, so I saw the blind date play and yes. I thought the conversations that the, the, con- the way the play works, as far as I understand it, is the Mimi, your character, picks a guy that she doesn't know out of the audience and mm-hmm. gets to know him. Yes. And figures out his life. Basically. Story. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's kind of what we do. Uh, with our podcast is we yeah. have these conversations so I kind of thought it would be fun to talk to you Fantastic. about how you got to be doing this play okay so um, cast your mind back to when you were 18, 19 yeah. okay. what what did you envision adult Christy would be doing uh, this really well not this because you know doing a show in front of 500 people with an audience member is kind of an unconceivable idea um, but performing acting improvising that was my dream always my goal Wow, and you're doing yeah. it. And I'm doing You've it. You've achieved your dream. What? I should write that on a mirror. So yeah, I just I've like done it. Wake up and feel done. great. I'm done. Yeah. So, okay, when you were, um, when you were 18, mm-hmm. 17, 18, 19, and you yeah. thought, this is what I was going to do, did you know how you were going to get there? Like, how did you manifest this? What is the, <sighs> what was your... Like, yeah, I'm definitely not one of those people that has, like, um, you know, like those, like, uh, boards like a vision board like a vision board like the secret um I kind of tend to fall into things in a way I I feel like my life is just following the path that's laid out in front of me which is maybe lazy not that I don't work hard and you know I trained I went to the loose moose in Calgary 
I started going when I was 15, 16. You're from Calgary? I'm from Calgary. You're from Alberta, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was the start of it, and I just knew that I loved to do it. And then um, I enrolled in university, hoping to get into the theater program at U of C, University of Calgary. My marks were horrible. So I moved to New Zealand, because I'm like, I'm not going to get in. Lived there for two months, got into U of C, very last minute. So then I moved back, because I'm like, if I don't go, I'll never yeah, go. Yeah. Um, did two years there. Was going to travel Europe. Went to go to my sister's convocation at Acadia University in Nova Scotia. Fell in love with the campus. They have an amazing theater department mm. there. Transferred there. Did two years there. Fell in love with someone who's living in Australia. Quit school. Moved to Australia. <laughs> like, you see how, like, <laughs> yeah. my life has just been moving around, like, just kind of following whims and following my heart, really. Right. And all those things were within stuff you wanted to do. It wasn't like you moved to, uh, like, went to Acadia and decided you wanted to be a surgeon. Yeah. It was all, like... All theater. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only time that I went, I didn't really, wasn't really following the path that was cohesive or beneficial to my career as a performer was when I chose to move to Australia mm. instead of going to Lambda. I had an offer to go to Lambda, which is in London, England, for a program <gasps> there. I know. And it was for romance? I was so in love. Yeah. And he was horrible. It was like the worst breakup oh, story ever. Oh, no. <laughs> did you do theater in Australia? I did. I taught improv and did improv uh, shows down there. Yeah. Yeah. So I was still still in the field and still doing it. Right. But yeah, that's like the one moment, you know, like the, like sliding doors, the Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Yep. You ever seen that? Yeah. <laughs> so like that's the one kind of path where I'm like, what? What if? But you know what? Where I'm at is really amazing. So I can't really complain about it. It just would have been a different blip. I if guess. you were if you were maybe working in an office. Oh. Then you'd be like, "That was my that oh, was my yeah. shot." Oh my! I'd probably like just go back to Calgary and find the guy and just really give him a slap across the face. Yeah, is he there now? Oh, he is. I know, <gasps> I know exactly where he is. Mm. No, not exactly. But <laughs> he's, he's back in he's back in Calgary. Okay. But no, it was you know it's all like life lessons and, and what you learn and you know right. We yeah. all do things. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, so what is it that you? that you do like currently do you have like a like actors don't have like positions with companies anymore no well in a way I well no in a way I do um I do for the last 14 years (gasps) yeah 14 years Uh, I've been working with Second City in Toronto which is a theater company so I started doing their touring company and then I've been doing corporate work for them so corporate workshops corporate improv Ah. corporate sketch so, in a way, I mean, I am kind of hired by them, but okay. that being said, it's, it's job by job. Like, yeah. they, could, they could decide to never hire me again. Right. But, yeah, like, it is, it is very – I've been very fortunate in that um, I haven't had to have what, what I consider, like, a Joe job. Mm-hmm. Like, for years, I worked at Indigo Merchandising Books. Right. Or I was, you know, a waiter or, you know, like, mm-hmm. those kind of jobs. I've been really fortunate just to get enough TV and film and theater to kind of just live my dream, I guess. God, this is going to make me feel so good about myself. Yeah, <laughs> so how did your parents feel about this? Because I feel like if um, many parents would mm-hmm. say that is that is not the journey we want for you, acting is... Yeah. No, they were always very supportive, but they also know how hard it is. And my mom still is just like, it's such a hard industry. Because it is. Because there are a lot of days that you wake up and you haven't worked in a month or two and you start to panic and you think, will I ever work again? Or you finish a job and you think, well, this is it. I'm like... Mm-hmm. I'll never work again. So it's hard on that way. And it's hard on the ego. Like t- t- TV and film as a woman is, is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's gross, actually. 
but you do it and it, but it but every once in a while you, you come home and you just feel horrible about yourself and like what am I doing this is horrible so my mom always worries like about that but they always were really supportive when things got the bleakest they're like you can always be a teacher yeah which is very much the go-to I think almost every single active friend I have their parents <laughs> were like you should be a teacher it's just like the weird go-to yeah job for actors to teach to teach I don't like children so I'm not oh. gonna teach yeah well, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think a lot of teachers don't like teacher don't like children anyway. Either, yeah, so. I guess. Or they if they did, they don't. They My don't sister's know. a teacher. Oh, she's been a high school teacher. She's like, there's always some good ones in there. You just got to focus on those ones. So, did you ever finish your degree? I did. I did. I got my heart broken. Um, moved back to Canada, and I only had to have three credits. So I just did half a semester um, back at the University of Calgary. Lived in my sister's spare room. Um, and like became the prop assistant, like the prop master's assistant, which was actually really great. Learned how to do all these crazy things, played a lot of pool, drank a lot of beer. So it was actually the, the easiest degree earning section. Um, but yeah, I got it. I have it forever. It it hung framed above my toilet that just said like break in case of emergencies, just because it does seem like a BFA is kind of a degree that I don't really don't. No one really asks, you know. Like if you're auditioning, they don't really say. Yeah. But you don't do have you, to bring do your, you have a degree. Yeah, no. it's not like you bring your photocopy of your. No, but diploma. it makes me feel good when I'm doing censuses, 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 censuses. <laughs> what is that? the census? When you're census. completing census. your census. When I'm completing the census, and it's like, what's your highest education? I feel like, oh, here's an accomplishment. I have a degree. Right. So, did you find? Okay, so did when you were in high school and mm-hmm. you had this goal, and everybody probably knew Christy was the actor. Like, if right. you were. If you were off doing the loose moose stuff and you were probably in like school plays yeah. and you were like the actor. Yeah. Um, so did you have anybody else who was, that was their dream? Like, did you achieve the dream? I'm just wondering if there's any resentful high school friends out there. I, I don't know, but I'll tell you this story that kind of, you just reminded me of. <clears throat> so I was in drama, obviously in grade 12. And um, at the end of the year, a drama teacher took us all out, the, the drama kids one by one to have coffee meeting with them that sounds like such a thing a drama teacher would do right (laughs) right it's Everly Kathy um and uh she took me out for coffee and she said you know you seem to have a real passion for theater so you should volunteer to usher because you'll never make it (gasps) she's like there's only two people in the class that are gonna make it uh Kyla and Christian and you were not it and I was not it I was not gonna make it as an actor I hope she paid for your coffee. Man, I don't remember. I just remember like, and I, I carry like I still a little piece of me carries it around a little bit. Yeah. Do you I'm, ever send her like your playbills and stuff? No. Be like, look, lady. <laughs> I was on Broadway, Miss Eberly. <laughs> what do you think of that? And the West End. Who's making it now? Yeah. Um, no, I did run into her actually um, at a theater in Toronto, and I just I turned seventeen again. I just yeah. was like. <gasps> And my, but then my first, so I kind of went into UFC, into the acting program, feeling like um, that I shouldn't be there, that I wasn't good enough, that I, should, that I shouldn't be doing this, that I should really, and I couldn't, I just have never been able to think of anything else I wanted to do. Yeah. And I'm a true believer in you have to follow your passion, or because life is hard enough. Um, so then my first year university acting professor was beautiful and amazing, Pamela Brooke, and she was really encouraging and really positive. So then I was just, very confused but yeah I think the, the thing is like as I get older you just need to learn that it's not other people's opinions especially as an actor like and food and everything you know you never know one person's opinion is not the world's opinion 
And there's a lot of really bad actors that are very successful. So what was it about Kyla and Christian, do you think, that made her... I don't know. Pick them. I, they were great. They were great. What are they doing now? Um, <laughs> Kyla is an actress in Vancouver, actually. Well, there you go. And uh, and Christian was. He he moved to London, England, and he acted. He he was acting for a bit, and now he does like these crazy like tech, this tech thing. Like he's I don't understand it. He's tried to explain it to me. We're we're good friends. Oh, so. that's good. But yeah, but he, um, yeah, I think that he he could have made it if he wanted to, but I don't think. I think after a while, he was a bit like. I don't really want to do this anymore. Well, it seems like a hard life to pick. It is. Because unless, like 2% or like, no, like probably 0.2% of, I feel like, actors mm-hmm. get to have lots of money and oh, security yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So the yeah. people who are not, you know, Jennifer Lawrence are yeah. you guys and you're, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a hard slog and I feel like it's hard, it's harder to have roots and, you know. Yeah. And. Even the have, Jennifer yeah. Lawrence's of the world, they might not be the Jennifer Lawrence's next year. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. When you think of like all the stars that were so huge, and now they're like, where are they now? Which is actually kind of, you know, they're mall cops, or they're this. This is, yeah. the, this is the downfall of early success. Yes. <laughs> now I'm mildly getting successful, but I'm older, so I appreciate it. Yeah. And I understand that tomorrow it could be gone. So with success to you, then, the like regularity of a job... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to a friend. Actually, one of the dates that I had here, we went out a for friend. coffee. Yeah, you him and I call my friend. He's my friend now. Every once in a while, you meet someone. You're like, you're, you're great. Let's like, let's hang out. Um, but yeah, like that idea of like, what is success? This is the unclimbable mountain. There's a beautiful Eastern philosophical way of doing it, but really, basically, it's like you think success is this. If when you get there, the peak is higher. You'll always. You know what I mean? Like you just it'll just keep going and going and going if you're not careful of just being uh, grateful for what you have. So, yeah, I think yeah, I'm trying to really like every day just go, I am successful. I am. Like people on Facebook, you know, like Facebook is the greatest thing. Yeah, yeah. Like according to Facebook, I'm pretty successful. But, you know, <laughs> like when I go home and I have no work for for eight weeks, just, unless something comes up, then you don't feel so well, successful. I'll just log on to Facebook. Yeah, log on to Facebook. Yeah, just, just everyone looks great on. on Facebook. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Curate your life. Yeah, exactly. Do you write shows or are you, well, you're an improviser, so you're um, yeah. constantly writing things. Yeah, I'm but. constantly improvising. Um, there's a theater in Toronto I work for called the Bad Dog Theater. Um, so I, I like if I have a show uh, improv concept, then I'll produce it there. So that's the closest I get to actually writing. Writing. I've sat, I've sat down and written the first three pages of about five different plays. But then after, like, five pages, I'm like, eh, that's all I got. <laughs> so, you, um, so you're not one of those, like, does it all No, I, I wish I was. I'm not. No. I don't know. I think maybe I'm too lazy. I'm not sure. I think playwriting would be very hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not something that, again, really I, I'm hungry for or that interests me. Do you think you like acting because you like the audience or do you like being people yourself like if there was no right. audience would you still do it sometimes i do do shows for no audience <laughs> welcome to toronto right um, and that's hard um i think it is just for me there's I have a lot of creative energy and when i'm not working or i'm not on stage or i'm not creating um the energy turns inward and becomes very it can become very ugly and very depressive um, and I can get not be able to go to bed. So it, and I have a lot of friends that are like that. So for me, it really is about continuing to get the energy flowing and moving out. 
I hardly even register the audience. Like this show, like sometimes I do it and I don't really, I'm like, yeah, they, I, they, lo- they liked it, right? Like the audience was on board with that, weren't they? And they're like, oh my God, yeah. Like, because, well, this one's different because I'm so focused on the, taking care of the audience member. Like yeah. I get when they're turning, like you feel it if they say something or they do something and the audience doesn't, all of a sudden they're like, well, I don't know if I like him anymore. That I feel. So yeah. then I have to really work to shift it. But other than like, yeah, I don't know. I re- I listened to this um, other podcast called mm-hmm. I Was There Too, and it's a guy who interviews um, people who've had like minor roles in film. Oh yeah. So he interviews like background extras. Yeah, yeah. Who did small parts, and he interviewed Stephen Paul Tobolowsky, who was in. Um, he's been in a lot of things, but he was interviewing him about his role in Groundhog Day. Okay. And he's a guy who he's the guy who's Ned. Who he runs anyway doesn't matter he's got a role in yeah Groundhog yeah Day. i'm trying to remember groundhog Day. Okay. um so he talked about teaching um as an actor he t- went and talked to like um beverly hills high students okay so he went and talked to like a working actor and yeah. he asked all these students he said how many of you want to be an actor and because it was beverly hills oh high every kid put up their hand yeah and then he's like how many of you want to be an actor not knowing where your next meal is coming from and there's three people in the audience and you, you, there nobody even bothers reviewing your show mm-hmm. because no one comes. Mm-hmm. And then two girls kept their hands up. Right. And he said, you're the ones who are going to make it. 100%. Yeah. So you have to do it, I think. If you do it for the audience, I think it's the... Oh, it's... it's Yeah. You, you do really. it for fame, money, audience, glory. Um, you will not... It'll, it'll chew you up and spit you out very quickly. Very wow. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, it's a horrible career, <laughs> but I love it, so. And you never considered doing something else, really? Always. Like, even when you went to Australia, you taught improv. Yeah. I can't do anything else. I can't do anything else. I don't know. <laughs> but I've never really focused on trying to, I mean, I can't do anything. That's like. Well, you're um, an actor. You can just fake your way through anything. I can fake, th- yeah. And I have, like, I have had jobs that are, like, somewhat, a little bit, you know, like, um, communication, like, communication workshops or teaching people how to be better um, bankers by asking questions because there is so much of, of my job that is about, especially this one, Blind Date, of just like really asking those open-ended questions like you do. Like it's your same thing. Like you could, you could teach business people how to be better business people because you know how to ask questions and listen. Mm. So I, that's, you know, I do do that as well sometimes when, when the money is tight. But yeah, so it's, yeah, it's just uh, I have spent a long time in periods where there is no work, just going, what else, what else, what else? But nothing in the universe doesn't really pop anything up. So maybe one day it will. But for now, this is this is going. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep following it. So what happens after Blind Date? You've got tonight's the last night, right? Tomorrow night's Tomorrow the last night. Okay. Two more shows. Um, I fly home at like six in the morning on Sunday, and uh, yeah, I have like a couple shows that I'm doing in Toronto, a couple improv shows, teaching. Um, and then in January, uh, we start workshopping again. We've had one week of workshops. We're going to have our second week of workshops in Toronto, the newest spontaneous theater show, which is um, called Undercover, which is a murder mystery. So mm-hmm. we there's five actors on stage, not just one. And we bring up an audience member, and they're like the brand-new detective, and they have to kind of figure out the murder mystery. Then, But then, of course, that it, we, we do that in, like, September of... 2017 and January of 2018 like full productions so and then in June I'm doing Blind Date in Toronto again for a month at the Tarragon so yeah I got I got enough to kind of like make me see that there's more stuff down the pipeline which helps to calm me down so 20 years from now will mm-hmm. you still be doing it 
I hope so. Oh, I like geriatric blind date. Not that you'll be geriatric in 20 but years. Yeah, I know, but, yeah, like, I know, I know. Like, older people. Right? Well, that's the audience base mainly. Like, my gosh, I've done so many shows with 70-year-olds. Yeah. Which is great. I want to see that. They're great. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Um, like, I never, people's, people are never the age of their age. Yeah. Right? They are, they are the age of their heart. Um, mm. And I, so I've had, like, 30-year-olds that might as well be 90, and I've had a 75-year-old that could have been 30. You know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, really. Right. Um, but Rebecca, who created the show, Rebecca Northern, we, we quite often talk like, you know, what's the, what's the end date of, of being Mimi and, and the end date of us? Like, you know, we're always training tests to do it as well. And she's a bit younger. So she's, you know, just kind of the longevity of the show. But there is a thing about, yeah, why not? Like why women can be sexy in their 60s and, and, and really pushing that and, and shifting that 1950s, 60s advertising ideal that youth is the only commodity, especially when it comes to women. Yeah. That once we're done with our youth, that we're not really, what are we, right? We're moms, like, pushing that kind of BS aside. Are you a mom? I am a mom. Oh. Yeah, I have a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Is your six-year-old with you on this trip? No, no, I left him in Toronto. It's too exhausting. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to say you're doing Do the show. This, yeah. Yeah. Moving no, around. no, he's at, he's at home, so we FaceTime every day, and... Oh. He's, yeah, it's hard, but he's used to it ever since, like, I think I started working again when he, when, I think he was almost two, he was almost two when I booked this job in New York, um, so I moved down for a month, and then him and his dad came down and joined me, but, so, it, he's kind of used to me having to go away for work, then come back, which is, you know, which is good, I think, especially because he's, he's a, he's a male, so I kind of, I'm always like implanting little feminists kind of like <laughs> yes I'm your mom and that's super important and I super love you I also have my own life still like yeah. I work and yeah. I do this and that's what that's what people do men and women that's what we do right. you know we have to follow our own passions while I'm still loving so he's six mm-hmm. what does he want to be when he grows up not an actor thank god <laughs> uh he's got a real scientific mind he loves science loves it his uh, uncle, not on my side, on his dad's side, um, works for this Nobel Peace Prize winning science lab in Germany. He's very like, he's got his PhD from Harvard, like he's like science to the max. So I'm fingers crossed he's got that, I think he's got the cranium anyway, <laughs> like that, so that he can save the world or destroy it. One or the other. One or the other, but if I'm his mom and he's going to destroy the world, he's got to have some kind of plan for me, like a bunker or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> So what did you want to do when you were six? You know, I don't, I, I, I wanted to be an actor. I, <laughs> this, I know this is so this boring, right? This is the most right? route we've ever I had. I know, how boring. She just wanted to do one thing, that's all she's done. Um, but I did. My grandmother, um, she, had a, yeah, she had a little cabin in Nova Scotia. They, my whole family's from Nova Scotia, except for my parents moved to, I mean, anyway, Alberta, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she had a little cabin, and we used to do little plays. Like, she would cast me and my two sisters, and we'd do, like, Cinderella or Snow White, like, just do fairy tales. So we'd always fight about who got to do what, who got to be the main character. So I just always loved doing that. So, yeah. I, I did. Here we go. Here's some variants. There was a point when I was living in Australia um, that I'm like, I think I want to be a marine biologist. Wow. Yeah. I that's- love the ocean. That's kind of left fieldy. Yeah, but, right. There yeah. you go. There's Science. a curveball. Science. Yeah. Science. So I actually ordered a bunch of books. Sometimes this comes up in Blind Date, actually. A bunch of textbooks from Acadia. Got them shipped to Australia. I was living in Melbourne. Read the first like three chapters. Did the first couple tests, and then like 
this is boring. This is so boring. <laughs> I just wanted to play with sea otters and like yeah. be on a boat and like hang out in the ocean. You can go work on a cruise as oh. an actor on a cruise ship. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I almost did that actually. I was two weeks away from doing that and then something else came up that was a little bit better. It saved you. It did cruise. save me because I was like, I went to my therapist and I'm like, I'm going to jump. I can't, I, two, four months in a cabin on a boat, like I'm going to go crazy. She's like, just do art, just learn to paint. And I'm like, okay, I'll do anything. So I bought all these paints to like teach myself how to paint to kind of keep my sanity. On the boat. On the boat. But then last minute something else came up that probably saved my life and prevented me from having to... Uh, learn to paint. Learn to paint. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I have enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much. everyone we've talked to so far has been like, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I tried some things or I wanted to do this thing and it didn't yeah. really work out. And yeah. This is the most direct kind of route that we've ever had. It's been... Uh, yeah. Very uh, enjoyable. I don't know if it's like good motivation for people or a horrible life philosophy to just like go where life takes you. I don't I, know. I think it's good. I think it's good and to trust. To trust that, yeah, you know, sometimes maybe the dream that you had when you were 18 or, or 6 didn't work out and maybe you're really disappointed about it. But I don't know. Who's Either if you don't like you are where you are now, focus on where you want to be and then... I don't know. And then get there. And then get there. Figure out how to get there. So would you say your life is fantastic? <laughs> I'm so miserable. This is what happens when you follow your dreams. My life is pretty great. There, Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I tend to kind of sometimes, we all do, I think, get, can get really negative in our own mind. But when I really sit down, I do the whole gratitude thing. There's, there's a whole ton to be grateful for, for sure. And I've got my own issues, but we all do. So it keeps life interesting. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Are you happy? If, currently at this very moment, yes. Yay. Yay. <laughs> See, that's the way to go about yeah. it, right? Right now. Right now. Very second. Pretty great. Well, that's yeah. that whole thing. Like, anxiety is caused from thinking about the future, and depression is caused by thinking about the past. Oh. So if you just live in the present, you'll always be A-okay. Unless you're getting eaten by a shark or something. Then then your present pretty much sucks. Yeah. But as long as that's not happening, you're okay. All right. <laughs> Said by a future marine biologist. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for chatting. Thank you, Jenny. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at YWGTBF. If you have a story about your journey to get to wherever you are right now, or just a story about what you wanted to be when you were a kid, or anything you think Jenny and I would like to read and or read on a future episode of the podcast, you can email us at you were going to be fantastic at gmail.com. My name is Ann Foster for me and Jenny Ryan. We'll talk to you next time.